What's up, y'all? Good to be back, guys. Another epic episode of the Ebb and Flow podcast coming at you. We've all had this experience. It's late at night. You're cleaning the kitchen before bed. All is seemingly well in your life. And then out of nowhere, out of the abyss, emerges this dark, angry voice that challenges everything you are, everything that you're doing. Says that you're not good enough. Says that you're totally lost, or you don't know who you are, or what you're supposed to be doing with your life. That voice of the devil. This episode, confronting the devil, our demons, our conditioning, all the naysayers, all the critics that we've ever come into contact with in our life, amalgamated in that one voice that emerges at those super quiet and still moments in our day, in our life. What do we do when we come into contact with that voice? What do we do? Do we get beaten down? I've definitely had that experience in my life, allowed that voice to convince me that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm not good enough. All of those things that we've felt at one point or another in our lives. Or do we stand tall? Do we confront that voice with courage, with confidence, with strength, knowing exactly who we are, what we're doing, and living in our highest greatness. That's what this episode's all about. I'm excited to share it with you guys. I think you're going to love it. Quick shout out to our podcast sponsors. As you can see, I'm wearing my sunset lenses from Raw Optics. These are awesome, dudes. I'm telling you, I really love these things. We've all had that experience where we've spent way too much time staring into the computer screen or our phone You feel mentally drained, exhausted, worn out, burned out. Well, these lenses eliminate all that harmful blue and green light, that artificial light, that LED light that we're exposed to in abundance in the modern era. Helps calm the nervous system, helps with brain function. These are fantastic. I highly recommend them. Use code EBBINFLOW when you head to rawoptics.com. Also, got to shout out our brothers and sisters over at Strong Coffee Company. You know what it is. I love it. Their new flavor, hazelnut mocha, the latte is off the chain. Use code EBBFLOW at strongcoffeecompany.com. And that's about it, y'all. Enjoy this episode, and I'll see y'all on the flip side. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source, the key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension, a gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the ebb and flow. It's good to be here with all of you guys. Got a solo pod today. I'm going to kick it off with a reading from A Calendar of Wisdom by Leo Tolstoy. This is a great daily reader. 
gifts from my brother Noah on my birthday last year. Today's date, August 29th, 2023. It reads, If in his soul a person understands God, he understands his connection to all the world's people. Do not be proud, no matter what high position you occupy in life. In you and in me and in every other person lives the same God, the same life force. You look down on me in vain. We are all equal beings. Indian Wisdom I am filled with a great thought that of the greatness of my soul, it's unity with God. My soul is not united with God in submission, but through its ability to understand him and through him to be eternal. Henry Emile We are all children of the same father, and it is unnatural not to love our brothers. It's good stuff today. Speaking about our connection with God, our connection with the divine, with the source of all things. And it's very much in alignment with things I've been moving through in the last few months. And who knows, I always say that in the last few months, it's really been a lifetime to get to this place where I'm at. And everything is very specific to that journey that I've been on. But really deepening my connection with God, deepening my connection with spirit and communicating with God in a different way and living my life from the standpoint of, from the perspective of everything I come into contact with being a message from God, a message from spirit. That's pain that arises in my body. Last week I had an ear infection, which was completely aligned to the spiritual and emotional experience I was having at that time. People I was coming into contact with, things I was dealing with, and the ear infection was 100% this pulse from beyond that was showing me things and providing me with lessons that I had been perhaps turning away from or unwilling to look at or not able to do for myself even. It was as if certain things came into my sphere and my whole body as the divinely intelligent organism that it is just shut off the right ear. And still it's a little muffled. Um, and so looking at everything that, that you come into conflict with, come into, come into relationship with as this message from some other realm, Song lyrics, the people you come into contact with, the conversations you're having, the words that you're hearing, all of it as these emanations from source that are guiding us on our path through life. And 
that's been happening exponentially so with the books I've been reading. These books have just been jumping off the shelves at me. I've been reading this, Osho, Intimacy, Trusting Oneself and the Other, which we'll get into in a moment. And then this book was gifted to me, and I just finished it, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul. And the focus of this podcast today, the focus of this episode, I I felt something that's very current and very alive in me right now is this idea of the devil, this idea of the enemy. And from a Christian viewpoint, practicing Christians that I have met and come into contact with, they can use this language of that's the enemy that's coming into confrontation with the enemy or the devil. And that's not necessarily ever resonated with me until now when I read it in this book. And this is very much Christian oriented, this book, which is fantastic. There's so much wisdom in that, in that lineage, in the Christian paradigm. And so he talks about this thing of the devil, the enemy, being on a very simple level. All of the negative self-talk, all of the negative thoughts, the, the beating yourself up, the I'm not good enough talk, the we're not doing enough, I need to make more money, we're doing a shitty job and this and this and all of these things that arise. And for the first time, this idea of the devil, the enemy really resonates. And I reframed it immediately as, oh, those are my demons. And, oh, those are even more specifically, if we want to talk about talk about it from a, a psychological perspective, that's all the bad programming. That's all, or that's all the programming. Not bad. It's the programming that we grew up in. That's the language that our family and our culture and our the people we've been around in our, our entire lives, that's the language that we communicate with, with ourselves and with everyone we come into contact with. And so the other night, I was in the kitchen cleaning up before bed, and it was those quiet hours. It's always in the quiet hours, right? And I was thinking about this too in scary movies the monster always comes in the quiet hours of the night when it's still and it's quiet and it's peaceful. And then this thing comes in, the enemy reveals itself and it starts going, yeah, we're not doing, man, today we fucked up. This wasn't good. Not doing a good job, man. Not making enough money. Well, who are you? Who are you to think about, to think that you have anything to offer in this place or whatever the, the shit might be. And for the first time, I recognize that voice as the enemy, as the devil. And it was really powerful. It was a really powerful experience. I thought to myself, oh, wow, there's that voice. There is that voice right there that I've been wrestling with for as long as I can remember. It's It's definitely something that has been a a launching pad for everything I've done in my life, all of my spiritual growth, my spiritual journey in particular of working to 
better myself, working to free myself of this exact language, this entity that's swirling. And with that reframe and everything I've been doing with learning how to love myself and learning how to take better care of myself and recognizing my beliefs about things, about my life, my beliefs about what's real and what I'm capable of and what's possible in my life and all of these things, I just turned it around. I didn't do the thing where I just wanted to get away from it and go ah, and bury myself because in the past, that voice would bury me for days, even weeks. I'd become paralyzed by that voice because then that leads to second guessing and that leads to doubting and that leads to all of these things that inhibit us from realizing our truth, realizing our dreams, realizing our destiny. And so very calmly, I started changing the talk said, no, you know what? I'm doing a great job. I'm working my ass off. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. We've got a lot to offer. We've come a fucking long way, man. We are doing a great job. And all of a sudden, that, that darkness, those dark whispers, they slinked away. They were gone. They vanished. And I totally reset my energy field in a positive trajectory back into the positive vein. And it speaks to this thing that I talk about a lot. It speaks to this thing. Our life is our practice. Our life is our practice. All of the stuff that we do, the meditation, the yoga, the plant medicine, the therapy, the 12-step groups, all of it gives us these tools to free ourselves from our own prison, from our own demons. However, they're still there. They're still in existence. We haven't obliterated them into nothingness because all it takes is one thought. I was talking to this guy, James English. We did a great podcast together. I highly recommend you go and check it out. James English. And he said, Eb, you know, I do all the stuff. I meditate, I get my workout in, I do my affirmations, I pray, I'll be high as a kite, dancing on air, walking through the park, and all of a sudden, one shitty thought comes in to my psychosphere, and my whole day turns into shit. Of course, this happens. Where, why, what is the delusion we live in where we think that the bad thoughts or the negativity is just going to vanish from our lives? It's a lie that we've told ourselves. So it becomes a practice. It becomes a practice to over and over again, you come into contact with suffering, you come into contact with pain, you come into contact with doubt, second guessing, self-loathing, all of this stuff, you come into contact with it, and then it's a practice of rewiring the system over and over again. Oh, I'm not good enough. Fuck that. You're doing a great job. You fucking have what it takes. You've got what it takes. You're man enough. You're woman enough. You've got it. You know exactly what you're doing. You've worked your ass off to get here. Look at how far you've come. It's a fucking miracle. And watch what happens. 
See what happens if you confront that negativity with positivity. If you confront the darkness with light. And rather than just start beating yourself up over it, because that negative stuff comes in, the enemy reveals himself, and the next thing you know, our ego, which is built on an identity of what we're supposed to be like and how it's got to look and all this shit starts going, yeah, yeah, man, we're not doing a good enough job. Ah, it's not like that guy over there. That guy really has it figured out. We're not like that. So you have to actively, willfully change, change it, shift the gear back into the light, back into the positive, confront that shit. You have to, you have to nip it in the bud. Before the seeds even have a chance to sprout roots, you've got to fucking pull those things out. And how do you do that? You do that by the contrary action. And it's a practice. It takes time. It takes time to develop this skill, to hone this skill. You've spent however many years, however many days, however many moments feeding these negative paradigms, these negative thoughts, these negative beliefs. And so it's going to take some time to rewire and reorganize that shit. And that's the journey. That's the journey that we're on. You know, I was thinking about in the Bible, the story of Jesus. Before he goes and performs any miracles at all, spirit takes him into the wilderness to confront the devil, to confront the enemy where he's tested. He's tested big time. He's tested in his faith. He's tested in his beliefs. He's tested in who he is as a man. And he has to confront that shit before he's able to go and be the man that he was destined to be, the son of God. And that's a really powerful thing. And in all of our individual journeys through life, this is a huge part of it. We have to confront that enemy within before we can go out into the world and be the beacon of light that we were destined to be, before you can perform miracles as you were destined to perform. And the greatest battle we'll ever, we will ever fight is here inside. It's in our own mind. Isn't that interesting? And I've taken moments to think about, why is it this way? Isn't it so fascinating that it is this way? That we found ourselves in this reality, in this paradigm, where there is this polarity, this, this, this immense polarity in the world. There's darkness and there's light. There's good and there's evil. And inside of you, encompassed in your individual being, is the entire cosmos is the infinity of the universe. So you've got the low shit swamp, the low, down, deep, dark, ugly, nasty, horrific stuff, and you've got the heavenly light. 
encompassed inside of you. And you're capable of both at all times. That's a pretty fucking spectacular thing. That's an immense power to have an opportunity to wield. And we're not really taught. We don't, we aren't taught skills to dealing with coming into chaos, which is essentially coming into mental chaos. And then the world that's built around us, the material paradigm that we exist in, it's very much oriented through chaos and creates more chaos. And you have to truly work to master the skills necessary to succeed in this world. And that starts with mastering yourself, mastering the chaos within. So this comes in many forms. The mastery. The mastery comes in many forms. You can master yourself through mastering carpentry. You can master yourself through mastering yoga. All of these things, everything you could possibly do or imagine is a pathway into mastering yourself and coming into greater and greater contact with God, who's always there. So this brings me into this next part, this next experiment I've been running, which is really personalizing my relationship with God, having conversations with God. Jesus was baptized and he rose up out of the water. The clouds parted and the voice of God came down and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. The highest praise you could possibly imagine. And that is true for you as well. That's true for all of us. You are the chosen one. God made you with all the love that the universe that he could possibly muster. God made you very specifically, very uniquely. God gave you very unique gifts and talents. You are the chosen one. Every person on this planet was chosen by God to be here. And so what does that mean? Well, for me, that means that I have a direct connection to this entity that is all, that is the source of all things. Because I am a droplet, I am an emanation of this source encapsulated in the body of Eben. So lately, I've just been having conversations with God. And it becomes more and more clear, the voice of God, more and more clear. It started a few weeks ago. I was doing my nightly prayers. I've shared about this before. I was doing my nightly prayers. And for a while now, part of my mantra has been, God, show me the way. God, show me the fucking way. Please, God, show me the way. And this one night I said that, God, show me the way. And there was this booming voice that came in and said, Eb, you show me the way. Eb, you show me the way. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I realized 
that God is going to give you whatever the fuck you want, whatever you desire, whatever you want, the life you want, God is going to give you that. So then we have to be very specific about what we want. And we have been so bamboozled in the illusion of our own powerlessness. We've been completely bamboozled. You are so infinitely powerful. Every thought that you think, every word that you speak, every action you take, it matters Not just for the impact you're making on the world around you, but for the impact that you're making on your own life, for the life that you're building for yourself. Every single thing matters. What are we giving attention to? What are we giving our energy to? Are you feeding that negative self-talk of I'm not good enough, Uh, fuck the world? If you feed that and you give it energy that will perpetuate itself. God will bring you that because clearly that's what you want. The entire universe functions on the emotional plane. Okay, there's the four elements. There's earth, water, air, fire. The four elements correlate to the four planes of being. Earth, physical. Water, emotional. Air, mental fire spiritual okay the entire universe functions on the emotional plane that means what do you believe is true what do you feel is true in your heart underneath the intellectual part the mind part of believing yeah i want a nice life i want a good life but do you feel that in your bones in your cells are you emanating that And all of that comes from your subconscious beliefs, which is the emotional plane. You think about the ocean. And you just see the top of it. It's immensely deep. We haven't even explored the ocean all the way. Isn't that crazy? We know more about space than we do about the ocean. The ocean. The emotional plane. This is the vastness of your subconscious reality, which reflects to you or which is the lens by which you perceive your reality through. And where does that come from? The subconscious belief matrix was programmed long before you were ever conscious. All the stuff you witnessed as a child growing up, Your parents, your family, your school, your church, your culture, society, all of the stuff that was ever around you that you were immersed in, that built your subconscious belief matrix about what is real, what is true, what is possible, what is not. And so your idea, your desires are actually directly linked to that. So how do we reprogram the subconscious? We do it through the earth and the air. So through the earth, through the physical plane, by changing our actions, we start to rewire the programming of our belief system. Because we're showing, we're getting into action of contrary actions to what we once believed was possible. 
to reroute the belief system, to reprogram the subconscious belief matrix. And that takes time. That takes effort. That is a practice. The air, the mental energy, is it a swirling typhoon of chaos? Or is it very sharp and intentional and open? So, I'll give you an example. For me, this is really this has been very much realized through my relationship with money and finances. I grew up, I came from two, I came from a family that did not have a solid relationship with money. I'll put it that way. There's a lot of scarcity mindset. There's a lot of There were highs and lows with money. My mom, on the one hand, at times we would have not a lot of money, but we would have money, and then all of a sudden the money would be gone. On my father's side, there was a big scarcity mindset, a big lack, a big awareness around lack and not being enough. And many people deal with this. So then, as I grew up, my relationship with money was very vague. It was very disconnected. It was very disjointed. There's very much fear around money and bills and making enough and having to support people and doing all this and wanting nice things and all of that stuff. So I went into the NFL, made millions and millions of dollars, more money than anybody in my family had ever made. But because of where I came from, because of my own subconscious belief matrix, I wasn't able to hold that wealth. I wasn't able to contain it and use it intentionally. So what happened? I used up all the money because I didn't know what else to do with it. I took care of people. I gave people money. I bought myself a house, didn't really save any of it, did all of these things without really any intention around it. So I found myself a year or two out of my NFL career with no money and no sense of how to make money. Not only that, no relationship to it and coming into it now with the added wound of having been a person who had a lot of money surrounded by people who were possibly only in relationship with me only, and this is beyond friends, family, this is anybody I'd come into contact with. Are you actually interested in being my friend or being close to me? Or is it just because you feel like I can give you something? And so I have, I've had to work through that and that created this resentment and this distance, a further distance, further chasm between me and money. And so I've really had to be intentional about rebuilding my relationship with finances from the ground up. So creating a solid foundation. So for me, as I started to build myself back up financially, I had to take good hard looks at all of this stuff. And money is a constant. It's a, con- it's a completely spiritual entity. Money is energy. 
And it's got an intelligence, a deep intelligence to it. And so I had to, for instance, part of my rewiring my my subconscious belief matrix around money, I got into the earth. I set up an LLC for my business, for the podcast and coaching. So I set up an LLC, which then I had to create a bank account for that business, which then allowed at least I created a structure for money to come into, which I had never had before. And then thinking about all the, my relationship with paying credit card bills back in the day. There was a time in my life where I would have rather pulled my nail, my fingernails out with pliers than looked at my credit card bill. I would let it go past due for months and months because I was too ashamed, terrified to look at it than just pay the bill. The shift has been getting into the perspective of, wow, I'm so grateful I get to pay bills for this service that I'm provided with. Shifting from fear into gratitude. Wow, I get to pay the bill for my for energy. I get to pay the bill for water because this service nourishes me in my life. So this is what I'm talking about. And through that, and it's it's ongoing. Trust me, it's ongoing. This isn't, I'm not coming to you from a place of having figured it out. Money is, for me, the big paradigm in transformation in my life currently. My relationship to it, my beliefs around it, it's a constant practice. It's a constant practice. However, through applying this, these principles of rewiring the subconscious belief matrix, the emotional plane that I exist within, through my physical actions and my beliefs around it, my thoughts, and therefore my beliefs, through thoughts and actions, we can rewire our beliefs. I've gradually completely transformed my relationship with money. I'm light years from where I was a handful of years ago. Light years. And it's a miracle. It's a complete miracle. So, coming back to this idea of God will give us whatever we want. God will give us whatever we want. It's up to us to be fucking intentional intentional about what we want. What do you want? Every thought that you think tells the universe, tells God what you want. If you're walking around going, I've got no time. I don't have enough money. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. That thing is too much for me. Well, what do you think your life experience is going to be? These are the questions to ask ourselves. When we are truly interested in 
living our life as a spiritual journey, these are the questions we have to ask ourselves. So I'm going to segue here for a minute to an unbelievable part. I mean, this is such a fantastic quote from this book. So this is Wild at Heart, John Eldridge, Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul. And he's talking about, he was in the bookshop. And this is one of those, those things. I'll just read it. Asking the right question. Several years, several years ago, I was thumbing through the introduction of a book when I ran across a sentence that changed my life. God is intimately personal with us and he speaks in ways that are peculiar to our own quirky hearts. Not just through the Bible, but through the whole of creation. This is that idea. Everything that you come into contact with is an emanation from God. And it's very specific to you and your life path. It's not coincidental. It's not happenstance. It's very specific to you. Even the animals that you see when you go out into the world, the birds that you see, the animals that you come into contact with. You're driving home late one night and a deer is running across the road. That's a very specific message. You're driving home one night and you see a coyote running down the side of the road. You're out for a walk. You look up in the sky. There's a hawk or an eagle circling. That's a very specific message. And as always, I encourage you to to do your research, study. What do these messages mean? Because I will guarantee you, you're going to find that whatever that message is from that animal, that song lyric, that thing that you've come into contact with, it's going to be right on time for where you are in your life in that moment. To Stasi, he speaks through movies. Stasi is John's wife's name. To Craig, he speaks through rock and roll. He called me the other day after listening to Running Through the Jungle to say he was fired up to go study the Bible. God's word comes to me in many ways through sunsets and friends and films and music and wilderness and books. But he's got an especially humorous thing going with me and books. I'll be browsing through a secondhand bookshop when out of a thousand volumes, one will say, pick me up. I've had this experience lately on my own bookshelf. Books that have been sitting there for multiple years, all of a sudden it just beams out at me. Eb, it's time to read me. And I'll be called back to it and it'll just beam. Eb, it's time to read me. And I'll pick it up and it'll be right on time. Like a master fly fisherman, God cast his fly to this cruising trout. In the introduction to the book that I rose to this day, the author, Gil Bailey, shares a piece of advice given to him some years back by a spiritual mentor. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? How do we come alive? How do we come alive? That's the question. 
it seems ever more so important in this day and age with technology. And we've got so many things, devices and material and all of these things that seem to really sap our life force energy. They're, they're sapping the divine spark that lives inside us. And so, and there's a million things coming at us about how we've got to be and what we've got to do and we've got to make money and be successful and be known and famous and all this shit that clouds our our judgment, it clouds our discernment, our ability to discern around what we're actually supposed to be spending our fucking time on. So what a powerful question to ask yourself. What makes me come alive? When do I feel alive and in my body? When do I feel fucking whole and present and energized just on the spirit of life? Well, that's where all of these things, these practices, ancient practices come into play. The meditation, the yoga or movement, exercise, being outside in nature. All of these are vehicles by which we come alive by which we come into greater and greater presence of self, greater and greater contact with self. And then there's something else. There's something else entirely. There is a necessity to be willing to explore the unknown. There's a necessity in our willingness to throw ourselves into the mystery of life over and over again. Go through the fear. Go through the doubt. Go through the second guessing and just do the thing anyway. Stop thinking about it and just fucking do it. And when we can practice that, over and over again, going into the wilderness, as Jesus did, as is necessary in all of our lives, we have to be willing to go into the wilderness to confront the devil, the enemy, our fear, in order to to arise or arrive as the person we were destined to be. And we live in a society where there are no initiations. You're a very lucky person if you've experienced any sort of initiation in this world, in this realm, especially in Western civilization. And those initiations come in various forms. Being on your own, setting boundaries, speaking in truth and honesty, having the hard conversations, saying the things that nobody's willing to say, standing up for yourself, setting yourself free through dance or exercise or art. All of these can be subtle initiations that lead you into adulthood. And when you think about it, 
Here's a funny thought, because this has also been very present for me lately. What is it? What does it mean to be an adult? And when you're a kid, you have this perception of adults like, oh, adults have it all figured out. Adults have it all figured out. They know everything. And then you become an adult and you go, oh, fuck. Most adults don't know a fucking thing at all. We're all just waiting for somebody else to tell us we're doing the right thing or we're on the right track or this is good or this sucks. So what is the truth of being an adult? If we're going to define what it means to be an adult, to me, being an adult means that you are living purely on your own instincts, on your own intuition. You're living through the lens of your own inner guide, rather than constantly looking to somebody else to tell you what's going on, as a child does, as we all do. And lately, a big thing for me has been letting go of the need, this inner childlike need, to be told I'm doing a good job, or that I'm doing it right, or that I've figured it out, or this is good, all of that. And just going with what feels fucking right. What's right? What's in alignment? What's true? Acting from that place. Speaking from that place. And so much of our lives, we spend acting and speaking and thinking through a lens of what other people want us to do or what other people think is right for us to do or who we think other people think we should be. What happens when you let go of all of that and you just start functioning from what's true right here, right now? And it's a serious, it's a serious yoga to apply this to your life. Because you'll notice going throughout a day, every turn, every moment, there's an opportunity to either do the thing that everybody expects you to do or do the completely free act that's based on nothing but the truth of your being. Life becomes really vast. When you make that shift, life becomes massive, eternal, infinite, exciting, an adventure rather than simply an obstacle that we're coming into contact with that we need to better. It can be that. It's on us to choose. What do we choose? And everything is an opportunity to get more clarity, to get more information. Start paying attention to the language that you use, talking to yourself. You're driving around, you're at work, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, notice that self-talk. What is that like? I'd be willing to bet most of you, it's probably pretty positive for the most part. But notice, notice the I can'ts, I should'ves, Notice the beating yourself up. Just notice that stuff when it arises. 
And then ask yourself, when did I decide that? When did I decide X about myself, about my life, about this situation? And that'll show you what you believe. That'll show you what you believe to be true. And what you believe to be true is directly linked to what your life looks like right here and right now. And none of this is easy. This is the journey of the soul through the human experience. We're in contact with a million different stimuli, infinite stimuli, internal and external. And self-mastery really comes when we become the observer, when we're able to start just looking at what's going on here and how does that affect me? This thing happens and then I did this. Oh, that's interesting. And then you get to a place where it's like, this thing happens and the thought comes of what you want to do. And then you get to look at that thought. And you get to either follow through with it and take an action, or you get to completely reestablish the foundation of your truth, your being. Because we're just on this river. We're on this river that never stops flowing. And that's what I mean. Every moment is an opportunity to come into contact with Should I do the thing that I'm expected to do that everybody thinks I should do because I'm a good little boy? Or do I do the thing that feels right and true in my heart, even if it might upset somebody else or go against the grain of what society thinks, etc.? And we're always, it's, it's never ending. It's this immense energy that we're in the flow of, whether we want to be or not. So it takes a lot of will, a lot of strength, a high level of awareness to come to the point where you go, wait a minute. What do I want to do here? What is actually in alignment with the trajectory of the life that I'm building, that I want, that I'm asking for? And these various aspects of ourself, the devil, the enemy, demons, bad program, the programming, whatever you want to call it, that's never ending either. That will always be there. Every day you come into contact with resistance. That's resistance. And the, and the brighter you shine your light, the more intense that voice comes. So the more the deeper your practice has to be of rewiring, reprogramming through positivity, through light. Now, here's another thing that's been really interesting for me lately. Talking about truth. We're talking about truth. What does that mean? Because you say that to somebody... And in this book he talks about, he's like, you know, everything we're talking about in here, I'm not, I'm not saying that 
you should go and leave your wife, leave your family to live the adventure, you know, speaking to men in particular. No, actually, he's talking about the opposite. And this is an interesting thing, right? Because you say to somebody, follow your truth. And depending on where that person's at is going to reveal or depending on where that person's at, that may or may not be in alignment with that person's highest good. So there is a baseline or fundamental necessities to getting to a place where following your truth, your inner guide, actually becomes available to you. I'm not sure if that made sense, but I'm going to talk about, I'm going to move into this definition of truth from Osho in this book, Intimacy, which I highly recommend. He says, Truth is not something logical. By truth, I don't mean a conclusion arrived at by logical, rational methods. By truth, I mean the authenticity of being, not imposing anything that you are not, just being that which you are at whatsoever the risk, never becoming a hypocrite. If you are sad, you are sad. That is the truth in that moment. Don't hide it. Don't put a false smile on your face because that false smile will create a split in you. You will become two. A part of you will be smiling. And of course, it is only going to be a minor part. And the major part will remain sad. Now a division has arisen. And if you go on doing it again and again, when you're angry, you don't show your anger. You are afraid it may destroy your image because people think you are so compassionate. And people say that you are never angry. They appreciate it, and it is so gratifying to the ego. Now, being angry will destroy your beautiful image. So rather than destroying the image, you repress the anger. It is boiling within. But on the surface, you remain compassionate, kind, polite, sweet. Now the division is being practiced. So you're practicing living in falsehood. You're practicing living in you're practicing living outside of integrity of yourself. And one of the things I love about Osho is his philosophy of freeing yourself through the truth of your being, which naturally leads you into alignment with God, with truth, with love, with the universe. You know, we have this idea when we're on the spiritual journey and it's like, oh, I can't feel angry or I can't feel sad like he was saying in there. So you then you go on this trip and you beat, you beat yourself up when you're pissed off. You beat yourself up when you're sad. You're like, I'm too spiritual for that. And that's literally the antithesis of the spiritual journey. That's the antithesis of being in the truth of God, living in the light of God. Because the truth is whatever's going on inside. So just be that. And what happens is when you just allow that thing to be unconditionally, this is the idea of God and unconditional love. Can you be in relationship with yourself 
unconditionally. And when you're able to do that, you clear away all of the divergences, all of the possibility for perversions and hate and self-loathing. You clear away all of that through the practice of being true to what's happening inside of you, the truth. And that has always really resonated with me because anytime we come into resistance of what's happening inside, we repress it, we suppress it, we create this ailment, we create dis-ease because we're not in allowance of whatever's happening, whatever the truth is. Always listen to your own feelings. There is no need to look around. And by looking at people, you cannot see exactly what is happening to them because their face is not their reality, just as your face is not your reality. Their outside appearance is not their inner, just as your outside appearance is not your inner. That is the whole hypocrisy of society, not to show your inner, your center, your real face. Hide it. Show it only to someone who is very intimate and who will understand. But who is intimate? Even lovers don't show their faces to each other because nobody knows this minute, some, this minute, somebody is a lover. Next minute, maybe not. So each becomes like an island, closed. Trust is possible only if first you trust in yourself. The most fundamental thing has to happen within you first. If you trust in yourself, you can trust in me. You can trust in people. You can trust in existence. So if you're walking around in constant resistance to what's going on inside of you, there's no trust. There's no trust. There's no allowance. So the practice must be that we allow ourselves to feel and experience unconditionally so that we can see what is the actual trajectory of these feelings that feel so detrimental, that feel like they're going to completely destroy us? What is the actual flow of those energies that move through us? And the interesting thing is when you come into acceptance, total acceptance of what's happening inside of you, all of a sudden it just dissolves. The massive power of God's love clears you and heals you. You have that. You don't need anything else. You have that. It's about shifting your relationship to yourself. It's about shifting your perspective. So can we do that? Can we allow ourselves, can we be in acceptance of where, we're, where we are one moment at a time? And then be willing to nourish ourselves. And the devil, the enemy, will prey on those negative feelings. It will prey also on the resistance we put on ourselves. The resistance we place on all of those feelings that feel uncomfortable or unnecessary. The devil will prey on that. 
It'll go, see, see, you're angry, dude. You're angry. And inside you're going, no, I'm not. Fuck you. No way. Because you're not in acceptance of it. If you come into acceptance of it and you bring it out into the light, there's no power there. The devil can't hold anything against you because you're already in acceptance of it. You're going, yeah, I'm angry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm angry. All right. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm sad. It's a sad thing that happened. Let's be honest about that. So what are we coming away with? Life is a practice. Life is a practice. And we're all coming at it from different places because of our upbringing, our DNA, all the stuff we've ever come into contact with. We are meeting life from our very unique point of view. So life becomes this practice of adjusting our relationship to everything, including ourselves, so that we can be the light we were destined to be. We can be the warrior for God that we were chosen to be. Acceptance. And then the practice of positive self-talk. That's why prayer and affirmation is so powerful, because it rewires the brain. It rewires the communication mechanism. Whether you do it in the format of prayer, you do it in the format of affirmation, prayer being perhaps the conversation you're having with God, and God will answer. You ask God questions, God will answer. See what happens. See what happens. Your life is your practice. Every moment you have an opportunity to choose. What are you giving attention to? What are you giving energy to? And what does that say about the life you are choosing to build for yourself? God will give you what you want. What do you want? What do your thoughts, words, actions say about what you want? what you actually want. All right, y'all. Lots of love to you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Thank you so much for the support and the love. As always, I haven't said this in a while, but if you really enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends. Rate it. Review it. Subscribe. All that good stuff means the world to us. Love you guys tons. Have an excellent rest of your day. Peace.